In today's podcast, I talk about the power of having a running partner, and I do mean power because it absolutely elevates your running, or if you're at a stage where you don't want your running to be elevated, you just want to get out the door, running partners help make that happen as well. So in today's episode, I talked to six of the most um, important running partners, friends that I've had in the course of my 33 years of running. I go all the way back to 1998 and talk to Eve, my first training partner in New York City. And then I talk to Melissa and Lawton, who are my two training partners from around 2000 to maybe 2004. And, oh, we had such good times just reminiscing about New York City and those runs. And then I actually speak to my current training partners. So, actually, math is hard. I speak to five of my training partners, uh, training slash running partners. And it's just a lot of fun. I think in telling our stories, you'll hear what it was like at different stages of my life to have a running partner, um, how we were there for each other through difficult times, for example, um, remembering what it was like to go for a run uh, the same day as 9-11 in New York City because we didn't know what else to do. Um, and then some more recent reflections, what it's been like to run during a pandemic. So Running has always been very significant to me, but I would say my friendships have been just as significant, and when I could combine the two, it was always something really special. So I hope you enjoy today's podcast, and I hope you find your own running partner if you don't have one, because they truly make all the difference. In this next conversation, I talked to Eve, and as it turns out, Eve and I were training partners, running partners in 1998, but I tell you, I was convinced it was something like, I don't know, 95 or 96. That really shows you that memory gets to be tough over 25 years. Um, anyway, talking to Eve was really fun, and my favorite part was I learned something, or maybe I knew it. There's a saying that, uh, how does it go? It goes something like, I've forgotten more than you know, um, but I I might have said that wrong. Anyway, the point is I may have known this at the time, but I certainly didn't remember it. And Eve moved to New York City in 1998. Um, she didn't have a job. She didn't know anyone, but she had the courage to do that after she had done her first marathon. Actually, I think she said it may have been her second marathon. She did them pretty close together. And I moved to New York City in 1993. I didn't have a job and I didn't know anyone. And I had done my first marathon. So even though it at one point in this podcast, I do acknowledge that marathons are hard on your body, or at least they are if you've done 78 of them, like myself. I will say that training for or completing, and even better, training for and completing a marathon gives you uh, confidence. I mean, it requires so much discipline, uh, dare I say, sacrifice, and the result is you get a whole lot of confidence from doing something hard. So I thought that was super cool that even though, even, even though, <laughs> I'm not going to edit that, even though. Eve and I moved to New York City, separated by five years. We had a very similar experience, and part of that might explain why when we did start to run together, we were such good running partners. So, um, And I have to say, I blame the pandemic, but I didn't even reach out to Eve and ask her how she was doing or anything. I was just like, hey, I want to put you on my podcast, and she uh, she jumped jumped for it and agreed to join me, and, and I'm awfully grateful for that. And she did follow up to our phone call, um, reiterating how she wanted to to make sure everyone understood. She wasn't saying that I talk too much, though y'all know I talk a lot by now. Um, she was saying that I was running at such a fast pace considering what she was, what she thought she was comfortable at, that I was just talking a lot and running fast and she didn't feel that she could do both. So I thought it was really precious that she followed up to be like, no, I don't think, I don't think I, that came across right. So girl, I knew what you meant and you are still one of my dearest friends and I know I still talk too much. So how about that? And I hope Eve that every time you're climbing that great big old hill up in Central Park in Harlem, the North Hill. I hope you continue to think of me. And thanks again for talking to me. So, Soul Sisters, this is our conversation. Hello, Eve in New York City. How are you today? I'm good, Stacey. It's so good to talk to you. I know it's it's ridiculous. I don't send any kind of message saying, hey, how are you doing? I think every I hope everything's okay during the pandemic. Instead, I'm like, Hey, I want to put you on a podcast. Are you available? <laughs> I love it. No, I love it. That's great. Um, I actually thought of you because I was running in Central Park. Um, I probably shouldn't. Well, 
No one from my work will know that I went running during my lunch break today, but uh, I rarely run with a phone or with headphones, but I was going up the Northern Hill and I was thinking, well, this is a perfect time. I should call Stacy now and do this recording. So many good memories going up the Northern Hill with you. I love, so, okay. You know what? Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you for saying good memories because, um, well, let, let me just back up a second. I wanted to talk to you, Eve, because even though I had, um, I was on, you know, track and cross country teams in, in high school and college. So I obviously had running partners. Um, I don't really remember if I had any off the team, but what I very distinctly remember is that you were my very first running partner in New York City. So I just, I wanted to talk to you because I wanted to, I wanted to talk about how important running partners are, but I also just wanted to take a, a walk down memory lane. So thank you for indulging. Yeah. And listen, we're the same age because I saw you just had the same birthday as me. I mean, I'm, I'm a week and a half or two weeks older, I think, or, or something. Yeah. We're pretty close. Um, pretty close. Yeah. So if we don't exactly remember the details, um, we can just make it up a little bit. But just to set this, uh, we started running together. It was, it was at least 25 years ago. And I think slightly, yeah. slightly longer. Do you have any, do you know what year it was? So I moved to New York city in 1998 in the spring of 1998. So like that's, uh, that's uh, 23 years ago. Yeah. So it had to be, and I had only just started running. So I, I was still a super newbie runner. I started running like nine months before that. And um, it had to be sometime over that, that summer. So it must've been like 1998. <laughs> well, I, I would have sworn it was 90, like 95, 96. And that's no. good. We need, we need each other. I mean, it's only a couple of years in the difference, but so we think probably 98, um, 98. Yeah. Okay. And what, what I very distinctly remember is if, if you live in New York city, there are tons of races and there's the New York road runners club. And back in the day, because we are dinosaurs, they didn't have, you know, social media to try to right. find running partners, but they actually had a bulletin board and they had That's index right. cards and on, right. the, on the index cards, you could say what your pace was, who yeah. you were looking to run with. Um, and I don't, I didn't. The time, what location yeah. you were in, like yeah. when you usually ran, how far you were planning to go. Were you training for anything? Yeah, it was so, so old school. Totally right. Like it, it was, it was so specific because it was also kind of like, um, you know, I don't want to run with you if you don't run exactly my pace. And I don't want to run right. with you if you think we're going to be a morning uh, team because I'm an evening team. And um, God, it's so, so funny. So I think I, now I could be wrong, but I think I took, I took down information on two people and one of them, it might've been a guy. I, I wasn't super excited about running with a guy, but I was desperate to run with someone and that didn't really pan out. And I think you were the second person I, I well, I know you were, you were the second card that I pulled down or, or took down the information and I loved you, but I know that the love was not mutual in the beginning. <laughs> it was in the beginning, actually. The, the love was very mutual in the beginning. But um, let me let me reminisce here for a minute. So, like I said, I had um, not only not only had I just moved to New York. Um, you know, let's say by that time you and I connected, I'd been in New York maybe like two or three months. But I had only just hit a year of running, and I did a typical rookie um, runner's thing where I had started running like the summer before and like. July in an attempt to like 180 my life. And I ran a marathon like two months later um, <laughs> in Ireland. And I was like, I'm a runner. And so I joined a running team and I met all these people and gave me the courage to kind of like up and relocate to New York City without knowing anybody and not having a job. And I was still kind of a new runner. But in my mind, I was like, I did a marathon. Like, you know, I know yeah. what I'm doing here. And I think I'd actually done a second one. I'd gone to Vermont um, that spring. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, I got this, you know. And, yeah, um, obviously you got this. <laughs> I thought I did until I met you. And I was like, I think after like the second, so I had also had been living downtown. Um, so coming up and running in the park was different for me because of the hills and everything. And I remember we ran a couple of times and I came back and I thought, this chick's too fast for me. Like, I oh. don't know if I, oh. and I probably prefaced every run with you. Like, if you need to go faster than me, feel free to go ahead. It's fine. You know, okay, but but on. You, that's, not on. that's not like it was years later that you told me a, a story and I was like, oh, I had no idea. Oh, um, yeah. Well, we're getting to that. Okay, okay. What, what happened was like, I was like, if I just, you know, keep my mouth shut 
and and just this is good for me it's pushing me you know and and plus you had such a great personality I was like how did I not want to run with you in the morning like you know <laughs> I'm still like trying to wake up and you're like zippy zippity zoo you oh. know talking talking a mile a minute yes and so after like the first the first week or so I'm thinking she's too fast she talks too much <laughs> That's, it's too early for me to even like pretend because it's one thing if we were just like walking but no yes, that is we were going a good like 20 to 30 seconds faster than my comfortable like probably my race pace and I had no idea. Yeah. I had no, I, I just, I thought we I were say perfectly matched. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, cause I was like, I can, you know, I got this. I'm like, I was thinking it was just my, like, you know, need to tough it up and be a better runner. And yeah. And so like the combination, I think, and so it must've been like kind of fall as we started getting into this habit, you know, this pattern of running. And I was like too fast, too early talks too much. And then yes. there was this enormous, like ice storm blizzard. Oh I yeah. Think. Yes, Eve, I, I was going to bring that story up. If you didn't, I don't have a and lot of that, but that, that one, yeah. the camel, the straw that broke, the, almost broke the camel's back, but didn't. <laughs> so bring I that up. What do you remember about that story? Because Okay, well, I'm convinced you must have been the one that wanted to run in it because I'm, I'm a weather wimp. Um, at least I'm a weather, I'm a weather wimp living in Canada, but I realized that um, I was probably I'm tougher than, than you maybe are where you live, but I'm, I'm a wimp by current standards. Um, and I'm sure I wouldn't have gone out, but we went out and it was, I don't even know if we had spikes, not spikes, but the, the over the shoe, you know, thing spike yep. that you put on. I think I must've, I just remember it was the hardest run of my life at that time due to weather. And the stupid thing is, I don't think we tried to walk like that's nowadays. I no. would just say, let, let, let's just try to walk this or Hey, not even do it. But I know that we, we tried to run that and it just, I, I don't know. I remember slipping and sliding and thinking it was awful, but that, but then being strangely proud after we were done. Totally. I mean, I, I just remember, I remember all that. I remember I had these old school before Yak tracks like the rubber things that they're like totes that go over your running sneakers, like the whole rubber thing. And we were wearing those. Um, But I think that was almost like the breaking point for me because it was that combination of all those things and the bad weather. And I was like sliding my behind up the Northern Hill dying. And I, it's true. I probably made us do it because I do love winter running and I love Hills, but I came back from that one. And I was like, I'm done. Like I can't. And I think at that time I had some other friends in the running community and I was complaining to them like, I got this running partner. I think this is just, I can't do this. Like, it's too much. She talks too much. Wait, just can't, that, like, was that the end? Did that break us? Because, I mean, we did eventually start running together. Was that the thing? No. No. Oh, no, no, no. Because no. okay. the, the rest of that story is, I had that moment where I was thinking, I can't, I can't keep running with this woman. And, and probably through, like, conversation with another running friend of mine, I was like, you know, I'm going to stick it out. And the, and the, the 180 to that story is, after I kind of got that, mental hump over like I can do this and and plus I just liked you so much I was like I don't care I'll take it you know because whatever and then all of a sudden I was like you turned into like the best running partner ever because because of exactly those exact same things like you pushed me my pace increased I felt more comfortable running quick I had a lot more confidence and we became really good friends and we ended up you know in a book club together for a hundred years and absolutely and having all these parties and stuff and so that yeah, I think the moral of that story for me is not so much like, oh, you know, all these things that I found like I couldn't deal with, but really rather, you know, you kind of push me to to go past that. And that really flipped in a way I wasn't anticipating. Um, I was just thinking it's funny because if I like somebody, I don't really give them a chance to kick me to the curb. I just keep showing up. Um, but, but as you said that, it makes me think um, I always tell the young girls that I coach that what you think is your reality. So if you think you can do something, you can. If you think you can't, you can't. And it never, you know, it never occurred to me that I I feel like I vaguely remember you saying I was faster than you, but I didn't, I didn't think I was faster than you because we were running the same pace, right? So inside you may have had a a monologue that was like, oh, this is too fast. This is too fast. But you presented on the outside as somebody that was running right along with me. Thought that maybe it was yeah. too fast and maybe I was too strong of a runner. And, and because you thought that that was true. And then as soon as you made the decision that that wasn't 
you know, the case that I wasn't too fast for you. I wasn't. And that's, oh my gosh, thank you for telling that story. Um, mostly because yeah. you did tell everybody that you did love me, even though I talked too much. <laughs> I was going to say to the point you made though, just about that, the other thing I think I realized through running with you and the, the thing that actually ended up putting the wedge in our running one was I relocated to a different apartment and a different job and I changed my time and also my, yeah. my running training time. And also I ended up with a whole slew of injuries. Um, that goes back to that rookie runner thing. But, um, mm. but I think to the other point, in relation to yours is like what I realized. And I remember you and I distinctly talking about this, not on an icy day with that. My strength, because I have such a short stride and I'm so little, my strength is going uphill, but I lose everything on the downhill. And you're, you've got these long legs and you were like cruising downhill. And I think what I realized in our runs together is that there's some times where you're the stronger runner because you have a strength in a certain running area. Yeah. And then I'd be the stronger runner and sort of having that back and forth is what makes number one, a great running partner. And number two, really pushes you to, to do better and to train harder or to train more smartly or to learn from the person running next to you. Yeah. And that, yes. you know, that was a big thing too. So. And I'm so glad you gave them the visual because y'all, they, I, I was <laughs> the jolly green giant and he was like the, exactly. The what you would, no, no, exactly what you'd expect from a runner. Runners are not usually super tall. So petite, but very strong, like petite with muscles. So anyway, yeah. um, so that's <laughs> funny. Um, and then you, and then you, you paid me back by, you actually ended up, um, so if that's 98 and I, I know we would have run together through 99 and, and oh, yeah. probably, probably right to 2000 in 2001, you, you, by recommending, I join a particular running team, um, took my running to the next level. Like I had always been a pretty good runner. Um, but I joined a running team that you suggested and within months I, I was just so much faster than I'd ever been because I'd never had proper training. I like to do what I like to do. So that was a, yeah. so not out to Warren street and thank you for um, making that recommendation because that then led to me getting a couple of other running partners that I yeah. hope to talk to um, later in this podcast. So, Oh my God, yeah. that was so fun. Uh, I guess what I'm wondering is now that we're both uh, 50, <laughs> how did that happen? Oh my God. You know, it, yep. running running is so much harder now, and I don't know if that's entirely yeah. age or if it's also the pandemic. Um, you know, I'm not as as motivated as I as I used to be. Gosh, I had a crazy motivation, but I do have somebody that I still run. I actually have two gals uh, that I've run with for the past year, and and they make all the difference because, to be perfectly honest, um, there are lots of times that I only run three times a week, and the reason I say only is it's only when I'm meeting those girls, you know, I might have the oh, intention to run more. So, okay. So are you still running a bit though? I am. I'm running probably about the same. I have a running partner that I run with three days a week. Um, she is always, always out there. And I'm the one that's sometimes texting her, you know, quarter to six, five thirty. like I can't do it today. So <laughs> she's definitely the stronger person than me, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, Part of me, again, as you know, as I mentioned, is I've had so many injuries, um, not necessarily from running, but just other stuff um, that it's really hampered my running. And so I cut back really significantly. But being out there with her that three times a week is often, yeah, it's often the only three times that I might run. Mm. Um, although lately, I think partly because of the pandemic and wanting to get out more and move more and just find some space, you know, that's not crowded New York City, being in the park really early. Um, you know, as you probably remember, has all that quiet and space and solitude. And so I've been trying yeah. to get out a little bit more, but yeah, it's not the same. And I think, I think part of its motivation for me, at least I know for other people, mm -hmm. maybe it's just aches and pains and getting older, but uh, for me, it's, yeah. it's more the motivation. Yeah. Just trying to, and also I love a lot of other physical activity. And so I kind of can't do everything. So I'm trying to do yeah. a little bit of everything as opposed to just focusing on running like I used to. Well, and I think that's pretty cool that you've got other options. And and I, for a while, I wasn't just a runner. I went off and became a obsessed Ironman triathlete. Right. And then, <laughs> oh my goodness. I was on that merry-go-round. And then I just found as I got, I don't know, older or busier running was, was the easier thing. And I had different, yeah. I had bigger goals with running that I wanted to get. And, and now I'm just, I'm like a crack addict. I'm just, I'm addicted to doing marathons because I'm still chasing the high of those, those handful that were so amazing. Yeah, I know. And I miss that. And like, I would say other than the marathon for me, racing was never a, a focal point of my running. Um, I'm like my own worst competitor. So it was just 
it was just me being out there was enough for me. Um, and the, the running, the racing made me really anxious except for marathons. And so, um, you know, that was never, I've never had the motivation. I think five or six years ago, my injury was really bad. I gave up racing altogether and I've never missed it. Um, if I felt like I could run a marathon though, for sure, I'd be training for them. <laughs> just like you, I'd be, I'd be addicted. But um, luckily, I think just my body stepped in and said, yeah, you're not doing that anymore. And I think you have to honor that. Like if you were really craving and wanting to do races or wanting to do a marathon, your, your body, it would feel that way because it felt healthy and they don't really feel right. good for you. And something I would have argued with you 23 years ago, um, to be quite honest, marathons are not very good for our bodies. They're terrible. Um, <laughs> I've done 78 and I'm going to regret oh it. I'm really kind of like oh, 78. <laughs> I yeah. have no idea. Okay. Yeah. Um, you don't do things halfway, Stacey. That's for sure. No. Which is, I say no, that as a compliment. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, thank you. I'll take it. No, it's, it is definitely my personality. It's, it's tough. Yep. So yep. anyway, um, well, I guess, you know what you, that was really great. Thank you for going down memory lane with oh, me. So good. I feel, I have to tell you, honestly, every time I run up that Northern Hill, I think of you like this, this without a doubt. Cause I have, and I laugh to myself and I think, yep, you know, first, first time in New York city, first running partner, first year running, you know, and I couldn't have picked a better running partner. So I love that. I, I picked that, picked up my, my index card off the bulletin board. <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep thinking of me. I, I, that, that's really cool. That makes me super happy. And um, yeah. if, you know, the world gets a little bit better next year and you want to travel, um, I could take you on some really nice runs, not races. And trust me, girl, I'm much, much slower. And I am not just doing that. I promise you a very nice, leisurely, <laughs> pleasant jog if you ever want to want to come see Nova Scotia and, and run I with me. I would love to take you up on that as long as we talk the whole time. Oh, right. Like, see, I'd be, that would be so well. I would welcome that so much, especially if we're going at a slower pace. So. I would, I would love to catch up with you that way. That would be awesome. But, it, but it's absolutely a date. You are the best. Um, and I'll, uh, I'll be in touch. Okay. Yeah. It's so great to talk to you. Take care, Missy. Yeah, you too. Bye, Stacey. Hello, Stacey. <laughs> it's so, I love you so much. The fact that you let me just send you a message saying, I want to talk to you on my podcast. I didn't give you an agenda. I didn't tell you anything. I was just, and I didn't check in with you to be like, hey, how's life during the pandemic down in, <laughs> you know, down in New York City? Or, well, I guess you're outside of New York City. Um, but I didn't do any of that. I was just like, hey, I want to talk to you. And you said, yes. <laughs> of course you're so, you're so amazing so um this is really my excuse just to get to talk to you and uh use use the podcast as my excuse but I guess to start how are you doing how I mean obviously you know you don't want to give too much detail but what's it like down where you are and tell our listeners where you are so I'm outside the city I'm about maybe 20 miles outside the city in Montclair New Jersey and it's, it's up and down, you know, there's a lot of good things that are happening and in terms of cases going down, activities that we're able to do, more things opening. Personally, my school system has been shut down for a year due to the teachers union. So that's been a struggle, but um, today it's 70 and sunny, so it's hard to complain about anything because I can sit outside and have a glass of wine with friends later. I, I love that you said. Um, I won't be running, but I'll be having some wine. Listen, you just wait. I know that's where we're going with this, um, but uh, thank you for giving us a, a, a small slice of your life. And um, I don't know about you, but I find, you know, because as bad as things are wherever you might be and, and having kids not in school is actually really bad. Then, you know, you also know it's so much worse other places. So you, you hate to even complain, but you know what, I'm going to tell you, you're allowed to complain and you're allowed to acknowledge that it's sort of an awful time. It doesn't mean it's not worse for other people, but it doesn't take away from it being tough for you. No, it, I just feel like it is what it is. There's so much out of our control and there's been a lot of, good things that have come from all of this, kind of the forced slowdown, 
I'm getting yeah. so much more time with my kids than I normally would have, you know, having more meaningful friendships. It's, you know, I think we all kind of took for granted a lot of stuff when you go, go, go. And so there's been some positive and certainly some frustrating moments, but at the end of the day, what can you do? Yeah, exactly. Well, it, it's funny. I didn't have an agenda for our call as much as I just wanted to talk to you because when we were running together and I'm, I'm going to try to set the scene a little bit, basically it was 20 years ago. Um, it, oh around, <laughs> I met you 20 years ago. And for me, it was, it was a really pivotal, pivotal time in my life. I was recently separated and I was sort of redefining who I was with new friendships, you know, and you never knew a version of me before this was brand new. And I joined a running team. I met you and 20 years later, details might change, but my version of the story, (laughs) I just wonder if you'll, you'll tell it. So do you remember meeting me when I showed up to the first, uh, uh, practice. I vaguely remember meeting you, but what I remember, and this is what immediately came back to me was like, you were going to be my friend no matter what. Oh my God. You were just like inserting yourself into my running life and not in a bad way. No. Yeah. Yeah. But I was. (laughs) Yes. Like in, in New York, people can be very standoffish or guarded. And you were just like, hi, we're going to run together. And it's like, you weren't going away. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It was just like, wow, who, who is this person? Because that's not normally the yes. way people are in New York and maybe other big cities. So that is what I remember the most that we were going to run together. And, and that was just it because um, you weren't going to have it any other way. Well, I'm going to add a little spice to that. I don't actually remember, you know, exactly meeting you, but I remember the feeling around it. And I, I knew that I, I liked you and I liked Lawton and I was like, oh, I'm running with these girls. These girls are great. And now you can correct me because maybe it was Lawton, but my memory is that um, y- you didn't really, you were like, who is she? And she's too fast. And I don't really like her because she might be faster than me. One of you had kind of this, didn't know if you wanted me in, in that little group. And then I didn't give you a choice. I was just like, no, I don't <laughs> you. So, does that feel familiar? I don't remember you? that, but maybe I was that person since I'm like, my memory is she was forcing her way in no matter what. And I'm very competitive. So well, I, but it, it I, could be like, oh, who's, who's coming in here that's faster than me? Well, I tell you what, I'll, I'll ask Lawton because I, I don't remember because it also was something that you just told me after the fact. Um, you may have thought it for 30 seconds and then it was gone. So um, anyway, I just liked well, y'all. But, I liked you and it was, I knew I was going to run with you. So, well, what I would say, if anybody's listening, that is a, an avid runner and wants to get faster, you know, maybe when you're young, you're like, who's this fast person coming in? I don't want them to overtake me. But what I've learned in sports, both in running and and my new tennis career is you want people better than you because that's how you get better. Yes. Right. So looking back, it was probably the best thing because you have somebody that's running faster, that's pushing you um, in all areas of life. So maybe my 20 something year old self. (laughs) (laughs) I <laughs> couldn't take it, but looking back, it was, it was the best thing for many reasons, many reasons. And that Agreed. was a magical and time for me as well. What I, what I particularly liked is uh, the three of us all ran in training, basically the same pace. We, in a race, there was slight differences, but we were pretty, we were all really close. Um, sure. You know, if you had to pick one to be faster, I think we probably could have, but it was, it was just real, real close. And that made us just, I thought perfect um, because we balanced each other out. And my impression or, or my memory is that I was the talker. I always spoke a lot. And if I was telling a story, I would speed us up, which wasn't always what we needed to do. And you always were the one to be like, uh, ladies too fast. You're going too fast. <laughs> yes. I remember that. And, uh, and Lawton was just as bad. Like the two of us, once we got talking. So I always felt like you were the one that kept us, you know, really grounded. And if Lawton and I had had our way, we would have just 
probably run too fast and run too much, but you balanced us. Um, and we needed that balance because we also, we always ran in the mornings and I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's 20 years later. I'm not afraid to say anything. I don't remember if I had a nickname or if you had one. I mean, we've, of course, we would use your college nickname of Scrappy. But do you remember Devil Tail? Yes. <laughs> so so what, does devil, what does Devil Tail mean to you? <laughs> That was what you would say to Lawton when she was getting um, prickly about things. Let's put it that spicy. way. Yeah, spicy. Spicy, <laughs> yes. You'd be like, oh, here comes that devil tail. <laughs> but I think it, I just mentioned it because we were three very strong personalities. But because we were three, it was like we always balanced each other. Because if it had been, I don't know, just two who knows, but this way it was always two to one. So if somebody was being spicy, the other two could let them know, or, or just anyway, I, I feel like the three was perfect, but if someone can visualize us, I'm the jolly green giant and you are petite, muscular, but petite. So us running beside each other would have been ridiculous. We needed Lawton to be that staggered step in between us to balance. Totally. And I think that exactly like you said we we were balanced in so many ways like I was very methodical right like I had an excel spreadsheet and I was only gonna run the certain amount of miles that I was supposed to for that day and at this pace and you know it was just that was my approach to running and so when everyone started running a little bit faster I was like oh no 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 we gotta you know back it up Um, but it, it was nice to have the balance of you know it doesn't always have to be that way and we can have some fun with it. And, um, you know, it was nice to, to always be able to, to lean on you guys and, and, and know that, uh, it would always be fun for sure. Yeah. And it was You'd always walk away with something interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, well, you guys, it was 20 years ago. It was definitely a, it was a, Oh, I don't want to say the prime of our lives, but may have been the prime of our, our running, hard to say. Um, and it was before cell phones. So it was like, if we got to where we were supposed to meet and no one was there, you oh. know, it, it was a totally different way to run. You're right. wasn't, we couldn't text each other. Are you coming? When are you coming? It also made you more accountable. Like I had to get up and meet you. And you know, I did not like running in the morning yeah. at all. I do. I couldn't text and cancel. So I just had to get up and, and go and do it. And, you know, there were so many things that made it different 20 years ago. (laughs) Totally. And we, we did, you guys, I don't want these people thinking, what did they have tablets? Like how we had phones, you texting came in by the time we were done running, but you know what? It was early times, everyone. Um, My favorite place that we ran besides, obviously I loved Central Park. I loved running on the bridle path, you know, when we'd see horses, but when we would leave the city and we would go up to Rockefeller state park, those were some of my favorite. That was the best. That was, it was just beautiful. And and to get out of the city, it, it meant we knew we were going to run long. We were committed to that and what a great, great spot. Um, so I alluded to 9 11 just because, uh, the three of us were living in the city during that. And I, I still remember it was the most beautiful Tuesday autumn day and none of us knew what to do after, you know, after we all left work and and got back to our apartments and we were safe and weren't sure about other people, but it was such a, it was the most bizarre, surreal, scary time. And the three of us went for a run and that's been running for me has, has just been such a significant part of my life. But that was the only time that in absolute distress, uh, running was the most normal thing to do. And I, I love that we had that run. Yeah, that is my favorite running memory of all the trails we've run, races we've done, when we traveled for running. You know, that to me is the most meaningful. And Again, not to be like, oh, it was so long ago, but this is before social media, right? So it's not like we could go on social media and, you know, hear 
and see how other people were doing and what was going on. And it was hard to even get a hold of people through cell phone, regular phone, because of what was happening in the city. So you could certainly watch the news, but there wasn't much to to do, so to speak, in that moment. Mm. And the fact that we met and we ran, it did feel like the most normal thing that we could do. And I don't know if you remember, but on that run, we ran into close friends and teammates of ours who were doing the same thing. And so the run not only brought the three of us together and sort of normalized a very hard, strange day, but also connected us with friends and and other people in the running community who had looked to do the same thing. What can we do now? We can, we can go out and we can run and we can be together. And, um, you know, there was a very big sense of community in New York for a while. And even being on that run, seeing other people running, everyone just kind of looked at each other. Like, are you okay? Is this happening? Yeah. We're in it together. I'm, I'm here for you. Um, it was just uh, something I'll never forget, the feeling, and um, it was just hard to explain, put yeah. into words, really. Yeah, but, but it's, it's a memory we both, we both have, and, and um, just one more example of how happy I was to have you as a friend and a, a running partner. Um, those, were, those were such good times. Now, I and you were you were really serious about marathons for a while, but what I what I'll say about you, Melissa, is you were such a great runner, but I never felt like you were obsessed with running in any way. It, well, I don't know if anybody could be as obsessed with running as as I was at my peak, but I always felt like but you could have done any sport and been really happy. And you left running to be more focused on yoga, and now you're like really into tennis. And, and when I say now, you might be like, Stacy, that's been 15 years, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do now? Like, do you still run at all? Or what, what do you do to stay sane? And is a, you know, a training partner, the same as a running partner? Does it, do you still meet up with certain people, that kind of thing? So when I left the city, I don't know, 10 years ago now, maybe, um, I tried to keep running, but it was hard. I really realized my running was anchored in you and Lawton and these friendships and our team and the community that was the city. Like the enjoyment for me had really left. And I did meet one person in the Burbs and we ran for a little bit and and that kind of got me going, but it wasn't the same and she moved away and my running, it just wasn't something that I was passionate about anymore. And I realized what really made me passionate about it was the community, the friendships, the team, the races, all of it. And I had lost that when I came to the Burbs. But sports have always been a big part of my life. And yes, I don't know, maybe five, six years ago, I took up tennis and um I don't run ever except when I'm chasing down a tennis ball now, (laughs) Um, but I love it. And it's not totally the same as running and what that community and friendship was. This is certainly something I love and I've made tons of friends in the same way that I did with running. And I get that sense of team and camaraderie but no, it's it's not, you know, when we're running, we're talking, yeah, we're yeah, you know, I'm, listening to each other, sharing important things, look leaning on each other. You're not really doing that in tennis. Maybe there's the chit chat before, in between. But when you're hitting a ball or playing a match, you're it's it's a more surface, I would say, yeah. because yeah. you don't have three hours to run. Well, when you're training for a marathon and you can cover everything in your life. And there is something about when you're running, you're more vulnerable. And, and I don't know if it's because you're running side by side. So you're not looking at someone, which makes it easier to say something. Or if it's as simple as 
when you're running all your energy really is going to powering your muscles and it's too, it's just too hard to then also have a bit of a barrier up. So you're, you're just, you're vulnerable. Um, but I will say this about your tennis. I'm very envious because now that I'm perimenopausal, I just turned 50. I'm paying a lot of attention to what it's like to be an older runner, um, older athlete. And tennis is supposed to be one of the best things for you, especially because I've been running for 33 years and you run in a single plane, whereas tennis, you're crossing Mm -hmm. back and forth, lateral side to side, and you're quite often doing really power explosive moves. And it's anyway, if I had any coordination, I would be chasing you down to, to play tennis. Um, unfortunately I, you know, that whole eye hand coordination makes me, um, not going to be a real good tennis player, but good for you. Like you're, you're doing something really wonderful. So I'm, I'm glad you what it, this. Um, well, I really, I just wanted an excuse to go down memory lane. The only thing I would add, you know, you had talked about, it was a magical time for you. And I just wanted to share back. It was the same for me. And, you know, when I think about my life in New York city, I think about you and Lawton and that is like the biggest thing in my heart in that time. And when you spoke about meeting us right after you had separated and not sort of knowing you, the married Stacy and in, in that previous life, I can relate to that because as you know, I, I went through a divorce a couple years ago yeah. and I've certainly kept many close, important friends to me, but I've made new friends and it is it nice to make new friends that, just know me from this day forward and not that older life. Yep. So to hear you say that and to have gone through it and experienced it is uh, it means a lot to me. And I, I loved understanding that, that perspective from you that I never knew. Well, I really failed you though. Um, Melissa, because you, you are my only friend and I loved it. You gave me a divorce present when the, when I got my paperwork, cause that's how get out. Yeah. I did. But that's how it, how it works. Anyone that hasn't been divorced, you know what, actually one in two marriages fail. So everybody listening to this, y'all know this, or you're going to know it. Um, you, you do all the court stuff and then you don't actually know the day that you're divorced until after the fact, because then it's like, oh, it went through that day and you get the paperwork. So anyway, when I knew I was officially divorced, I, I told you, and it was, I've never been a product girl because I'm so, I'm very thrifty about some things, just about products really. And it was the most wonderful shampoo. <laughs> and it, it talked about a divorce is a little bit like, you know, a Phoenix rising from the ashes. It was very good marketing on this, this bottle of shampoo or conditioner. And, uh, and I just loved it because I got a present. It was incredibly thoughtful. And, um, so yeah, I don't, why would you remember that? But you were very generous then. So I'm I love that. that I did that mm-hmm. and I love my product. So of course it was a product. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thanks for having me. It was so fun. Thank you, Scrappy. And I promise I'll be in touch outside of asking you or semi telling you to be on my podcast. Lawton, can you believe it's been 20 years since we first met and we're actively running together? And I talk a lot about my age. I think that's because as a runner, there's, you know, you can't outrun your age. And I'm also always really excited to let the kids know how old I am that I beat. Now that I've turned 50, I don't know if I'll keep beating people, but I still, I'm not embarrassed by my age. Um, but it is funny to me, nonetheless, that we've been, you know, we've known each other for 20 years and that we started running together 20 years ago. And I don't even remember how old you were back then. Crazy. Uh, 45. I'll be 46 in two months. So Lawton, you, Melissa, and I had just the best time running together. And for me, it's, I look back on just the best running partners I think I've ever had, um, with the exception of the ones I have right now. Tell me, what do you in general think about running partners? First of all, I mean, we all, we love running, right? It's our passion. We're going to do it anyway, but having someone to meet just makes you that much more accountable and it makes the running time that much more enjoyable. And with my you know, I have two women here. I run with just like I ran with you and Melissa and we call it, it's our very inexpensive therapy. 
because <laughs> it is, you know, sometimes it's, it's one person talking for the full hour. Sometimes it's three people, you know, but it is, it is therapy and you always come home glad you did it. Right. And you know, we were really lucky living in New York City. It, it just felt like all the races were, you know, right there in Central Park or, or one of the boroughs where we could get to pretty easily. But we also traveled. I know we went down to Virginia Beach and did the inaugural um, half marathon down there. And one of the races that really stands out in my mind um, is the Chicago Marathon. And, and when I was speaking to Melissa, we talked about how the three of us ran during 9-11 and what that felt like. And I just wonder if you could take us back to what you remember about the Chicago Marathon, because it was shortly after 9-11. And what I remember is um, I had a personal best. I ran a, a 309. I had planned to run 315. And that's probably the only time in my marathon career that I went faster than I meant to, because I, I actually thought I was running on pace. And, and I know that you, you and Neil actually had a PB as well. So can you tell us about that? I mean, it was literally less than a month after 9-11. It was like, I want to say it was like around October 7th or something. I remember being weary of flying. We flew out there, obviously. <laughs> um, I remember the flags on our shirts. I don't really remember being scared of the large scale event at all. I just remember being so pumped to do the race. Um, and I remember running it with Neil and just, it was, it was such an amazing experience. We felt amazing the whole time we PR'd what did we, we ran a 323. Um, and I remember calling my mom when it was finished and being like, I'm on, like, I'm on top of the world right now. Um, just like the most amazing experience. And that was the only marathon I did with someone the whole way. Like we didn't, we just, we stayed together start to finish. I never did that again. I've done a half here as an older lady with a, one of my, one of my current running partners. We did the Greenwich half, um, God, I guess maybe two years ago together, start to finish. And it's awesome. You know, a lot of quiet miles, you know, when you're trying to do a PR or PB as you call it, but you just are still together. The crazy thing about living in New York City is you just get so busy and you have so many different friends, so many different, I don't want to say silos, but you know, you got your friends that you work with, you got your friends that you drink with, you got your friends that you run with. And you and Melissa, it was so great for me because I knew I would see you most often, six days a week, every morning. Um, and it's just something that we always did. And being three of us, I felt like it really... I don't know, it moderated some of my tendencies to go a little too fast or to want to go a little too long. Am I remembering that the same way as you? Yes, agreed. Totally agree. You know, I just, I remember so much about run, you know, I would run up. Do you remember? I would run up from Murray Hill and meet you and Melissa at Engineers Gate on 90th Street um, and do our run. I just remember, you know, there was never a lack of conversation. And it would be dark in the morning before work a lot of the times. Um, but you're right. You and I would have, we would have looped Central Park more than once if we didn't have our anchor. <laughs> yeah. So Lawton, do you remember there was a race we did one summer? Remember, it was a really hot day. And you actually had heat stroke. Um, and not to bring up a bad memory, or I don't know if that's a bad memory, but it, it taught me something because I remember a doctor told you and, and you shared the information that once you've had a heat stroke, you almost always have less of an ability to dissipate heat. Like you're always going to have a tendency towards um, a bad response to heat again after having had that. And I remember you were always really smart. I mean, I'm confident that you absolutely hydrated enough for that race but I think what happened is I think I also learned the term from you um hypotropia okay obviously I haven't learned the word but the thing where you drink so much water that you actually flush all the salt and electrolytes out you've had too much water and not enough of the things that are the salty things that that stick and help you to hydrate what do you remember about that yeah it was it was some it was a half marathon in Central Park in August so it must have been was there a Manhattan half? I remember the Brooklyn and the Bronx. There was a half, and I want to say it was two loops of the park. It was a, a pretty unfortunate course. Um, and it was. It was over 100 degrees that day. 
and Melissa was with me. We were, we were working to do a half in under 131 because back then that was our age group qualifier to just get an automatic into the New York City Marathon. Remember that? Like you didn't have to have any other pre-qualifier. Yeah, we were in our late 20s when this was going on. So it's sub 131. We were all set to do it. I want to say it was like running a seven something pace. We knew we could do it. So we were pushing ourselves like fools in really hot weather. <laughs> I mean, it was so hot. They almost made it a fun run. Remember, instead of like a real. Yes, I overhydrated because I also only drank water. I didn't drink anything that had electrolytes in it. So I had totally overhydrated myself and it was at the very end of the race. It was like at mile 12 when I, when I went down. So and that was, that was so scary. And it's so true. I, in the summer when I run in heat here, you know, still in the Northeast, I get hot before I ever would have. And I can feel like my heartbeat in my head and I get kind of cold. It's a strange sensation. And I just, Slow down. I'm sitting in my good friend Colleen's car. Colleen is actually my current running partner, and she has been a godsend for me because we started running just before the pandemic started. Um, I don't know. I think it was a few months. Then we weren't able to run together um, for almost two months, and then as soon as our worst restrictions were lifted, we started back. And I can I can say this about Colleen. She she's been the bright spot in my training. I haven't always wanted to run, but I've always wanted to see her. So, um, Colleen, do you remember when we started running together? I think after I did a race, um, over in Dartmouth, I went over to reintroduce myself to you and with my husband and we chatted a little bit. You were pretty busy. And then you reached out to me um, if the running club that I belong to, if I still went and then we met up and we actually kind of did our own route. And then I said, why don't you come, um, and join on Saturday as well? So actually you and I started joining up <laughs> and meeting at the Hydrostone mm -hmm. and then we would kind of wing our own route and we kind of took it from there. So that's funny. I just remembered I was actually the race director for Epic in 2019. And you came up after the race. And I was probably completely hurried because, y'all, when I'm, I find it very hard to have any kind of conversation when I'm race directing. I'm all over the place. But I just thought that was really thoughtful that you came over to say hi to me. Because, of course, I knew you because we've run together over the years just as part of a group, not not us. Um, so that's right. We did start running together uh, on, like, Saturdays. And anyway, it's just been honestly the highlight. And I think after last year, we ran together once, maybe twice a week, but usually once. And then this year, we've kind of institu instituted Wednesdays and Fridays. And as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, um, the only time I definitely run is if I'm seeing Colleen or Cheryl. So um, have you ever had a running partner that talked as much as me, Colleen? I think... I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> She's very diplomatic. It's funny because we always have something wonderful to talk about. It's it's fun. It's never negative. It's always, I look forward to it. I remember one time we met up here at the Hydrostone because it's sort of like an equal distance for both of us to meet up. And we both acknowledged that the sun rising mm. was going to be absolutely stunning. So we ran back over we went over the bridge just we went to Dartmouth y'all yeah. <laughs> and uh and it was the most stunning I remember that run so well and we just I don't know it was just pure joy in the middle of the pandemic when nothing was going right and we always seemed to find something yeah. really good about it plus you were running a marathon every week oh yes oh my gosh I forgot we're totally going to talk about that yeah so, so actually I went crazy last year and I did like, like 16 marathons and I was fortunate that two of them were actually in person, but I was obsessed. Um, this year I've gone that whole other direction. I don't, don't want to run very much, but, but last year I did. And 
I just remembered, I totally forgot, we were doing, so Colleen would help me. She would do half the distance with me, and then, because it was like during the week, you know, it's hard to fit that in, and then I'd go off and finish it, but there was one day where she's like, I'm just going to see, I'll just see how far I can go with you, and she didn't tell me how far that was going to be, so it was just bonus every step past, well, half a marathon, 21K, and then we got to 20 miles, and I thought, this girl's going to leave me, and um, what happened at 20? miles. Well, to back it up a little (laughs) bit, (laughs) a couple of times you, I think, I reached out and said, I'm doing my long run on Saturday instead of Sunday. And you were like, well, hang on, I've got a marathon to do on (laughs) Saturday. Do you want to meet up and we'll do part of it together? And I thought that was fantastic. So I'd almost feel guilty when I stopped at a certain kilometer and thought, oh my, I don't know how she's going to do it. And then this would happen a few times during the week and weekend. Uh, And I don't know how she kept going, but she did, as Stacy would. (laughs) And then that one day, I thought in my head, I'm not going to tell her, but my longest run to date, I think, was like 22 or 23 kilometers. She thinks in miles, I think in kilometers. (laughs) It's hard. (laughs) So in my mind, I was going to do 26, no more. Except at 26, 20, 20, oh, 26, oops, 26 kilometers. kilometers. Okay, y'all, that's I, that's maybe 16 miles. That's not even the 20 miles I was thinking. No, but um, no. anyway. Except at 26 kilometers, we weren't back at our trucks parked off of Spring Garden Road. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, okay, we were pretty close to my house. Maybe. I think... I can't remember things, Colleen. This, this yep. pandemic or perimenopause has made memory <laughs> very difficult for me. All I know is my husband refueled us twice. I think I got a Tylenol. Oh, yeah, the Tylenols. Ooh, when somebody has a surprise bonus Tylenol for you. And P.S., we are not um, sponsored by Tylenol. No. no. Um, he just kept wondering, okay, is she is she done her run? No, we're just back to refuel. I think so. that happened twice. And instead of me helping Stacy with her marathon. Stacy helped me do a marathon that she wasn't intending to do. So yeah, that's right. I might have helped her, but she wasn't planning on doing a marathon. So 20 miles, my memory, whatever kilometer that is, uh, I was like, "Um, I think you need to finish, Colleen. I I think you need to stop. And she's like, no, no. And and she kept going. And and honestly, of all (laughs) all the marathons I did last year, that one was my most favorite because it was such a surprise and it was the best news. You know, sometimes 20 miles is about when you hit the wall and you start to crash. And I just thought, well, I'm going to have to do this next 10K by myself. It's going to suck. And I didn't. I had my best running partner with me. And I loved it. And I remember of all of the ones I did, uh, I had the least fatigue, the least soreness. I was just on cloud nine because I had Colleen with me. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Did And you didn't know that you were going to do a marathon that day, right? I thought, okay, if I can do 26, I'm going to push it to 30, and then that's it. And then 30 came. <laughs> I think I might have hit a mental negativity <laughs> on Goddagen Street. And then you're like, okay, okay, we're just going to go back to the truck. And then I go... Okay. Okay. No, I'm not. Oh, that's right. Yeah. When she only had like 5K left in the, the marathon with me, she was like, oh, we're not stopping now. And I swear to you, the whole time I was like, we need to get back. You you, you didn't plan this, but. Um. I don't know. All I know is I remember in my head thinking, I'm supposed to be helping this girl and she's helping me. So I Well, know. but you know what? This reminds me of the Juan story where if I'm in a race, I tell people, you're doing awesome. You're doing great. And then that makes me do really great. What happened is I didn't have any time to think about what I was feeling. All I cared about was how Colleen was feeling because <laughs> it was bonus. And what that, that just took the focus off of me, which allowed me to have an amazing race. So um, I guess the synopsis that 
I want to give you guys is find a running partner. Find somebody that's willing to meet you once or twice a week or more if you can get it and be there for each other because you're going to end up doing amazing things that you don't even anticipate. Like that, honestly, that was my best marathon last year and it's because I had her. And and I, I think the other point I wanted to make is how our friendship has really developed while we've been out here running the roads of Halifax, Nova Scotia. And usually you you have your friendship and then you try to make time to maybe go for a run. But I've really found that I absolutely love Colleen. She is one of the sweetest, kindest, funniest people I know. And I look forward to seeing her. And I know I get to see her once or twice a week. And it's just been, for me during this pandemic, it has been the most constant positive that I have. Um, so if you're in an area where you are able to get out and exercise with someone, whether you're wearing a mask or, or keeping your social distance, I highly encourage you to do that because it's it's really been amazing for me. So, Colleen, um, I, amazing I, for me as well, uh, because you can get pretty down in this pandemic and feel pretty alone. And I think we found a pretty awesome friendship through yep. it all. Yep. And I cherish it. Yep. I really do. Me too. So anyway, uh, we need to probably get out of this car and get on out there <laughs> yeah. and, go, and, and go for our run. So Colleen, thank you for your time and uh, let's get moving. Okay. Yes, thank you. Hey, Soul Sisters. So I'm sitting here with my current running partner, Cheryl, and she. this is unusual because normally I'm speaking to people on the phone and I can't see them, but we're actually sitting across from each other at my table and we're about to head out for a run. Cheryl, welcome to the Soul Sisters podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And side side note, Cheryl's actually a Soul Sisters ambassador, which got extended because, well, because of the pandemic. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about running partners. And Cheryl is my current running partner. I have two. Um, and it's been really amazing because once a week I've been able to see her. We took a short break. Um, you know, the pandemic's been going on for a year, but we did take a break where there was a time when basically no one was really supposed to leave their house. Things are different now because we only have a, f- a few cases in Nova Scotia. And to be fair, this is also the first time that Cheryl has ever been in my house since the pandemic started. And she actually asked me if she should come in or could come in. So, you know, we're being very cautious. Um, anyway, I digress. Cheryl is my running partner and looking forward to seeing her during the pandemic has really helped me. But we have a very different relationship because um, Cheryl is fa- is a faster runner than me. So we only meet on her recovery days. And even though I'm saying that she's a faster runner, she's sitting across from me laughing. She doesn't feel, I think, that she's a faster runner. So um, Cheryl, do you remember when we started running together? And if you don't remember when, just make something up. I remember one of our first runs together. I wanted to talk to you about your experience in Kenya. Oh. When you went over for the Rift Valley Marathon. Because I was including a piece in the Run Nova Scotia newsletter. And we ran through Shuby Park. And you ran so fast, I wondered how on earth I was ever going to keep up with you and still get all the information. Okay. I don't even, <laughs> the sad thing is I don't even remember that. I don't remember us talking about Kenya. I don't remember being fast. I think she's making that up. Um, was that, so, so when we ran together, was it shortly after that, that I approached you? Because I'm sure that I reached out to you, or I think I re- reached out to you about being a running partner of mine. Yeah. It was shortly after that. Huh. So, um, you agreed. Why'd you agree to run with me? You scare me. No. <laughs> No, I had a lot of fun when we ran through Shuby, and uh, I was very concerned I wasn't going to be able to keep up with you, but I, I really enjoyed it. I was like, I, I can't, yes, let's go. So the super funny thing about this is when I think about our running together, um, Cheryl did have a coach at the time, but she's uh, she's now running with a different coach, you know, which totally makes sense. Evolution, um, she's been running for a few years, makes sense to, to mix it up, but Cheryl's with a very fast um, group of runners, and she's gotten... Like she's gotten really fast, which is funny, only because I feel like we've um, we've just changed places a little bit, but we still run together, and I still really look forward to running with Cheryl. But the funny thing for me is Cheryl thinks of me as old, fast. Well, I am old, but she thinks of me as fast, Stacy, and I'm not fast, Stacy, but she is fast, Cheryl, and I think even she will recognize that. Cheryl, you know you're fast now, right? So firstly, old was your word. Never mind. <laughs> we have to clarify that. I never said old, Stacy. I say fast, Stacy, <laughs> and you are fast, Stacy. 
And you will always be Fast Stacy. I like it. Well, you know, Muhammad Ali says it's not bragging if it's true. And it was true once upon a time. They can't take away your accomplishments, but they can ask you what your last race is. So I don't know, Cheryl. Um, so Cheryl, with, uh, with regards to training and running, what do you think about having running partners? I know I'm not your only one. Um, what do you think is the advantage of having someone to meet to run with? Uh, accountability, first and foremost. Some days it's really hard to get off the couch, to take that step outside. And when you're meeting someone and you've got plans and you know you're going for a run, it's, it just it can anchor your whole day. It gives you something to look forward to. You've got that accountability piece. You know you're going. You can bring your gear to work with you, and then you, you go right after. Uh, so there's a huge accountability piece. And I love the social piece as well. Running is so often a solo sport. A lot of people just, you know, are on their own a lot of the time. So having a training partner or people to run with really adds a social aspect to it, which is excellent. And I find it doesn't matter, even if it's cold and and icy and all the stuff that I hate, if I'm with you, I mean, I'm still miserable sometimes, but I'm far less miserable. Is there some, some like magic that when you're with someone, it just, it seems easier? I think it's suffering together (laughs) is the key to that because I'm also still miserable. (laughs) But when you know you've got someone to tough it out with you, it's it's not so bad because you're not by yourself. That's a good point. And Cheryl, um, and again, this is her recovery run, and this is going to be what I like to call my tempo run. Uh, How far are we going today? We're doing 9K. And for my American friends, you have no idea what that distance is, right? So 9K is somewhere between, let me do this this math, uh, 10K is 6.2 miles and 8K is 5 miles. So I guess I'm about five and a half miles, which is a little bit of my long run right now. Um, is this your average length run or is this a bit less or uh, just, just as this fits into your week, what's this day like? Um, this, this week, my recovery runs are nine. Um, I wasn't going to tell you, but next week they actually jump up to 10. Oh, oh, listen to her. Wasn't going to tell me. First off, I can do 10K. All right. Don't, don't let her misrepresent. I mean, I'm going to bitch about it, but okay. So this is 9K and then 10K next week. Fine. Um, (laughs) okay. Well, uh, if there's anything you want to tell folks about having me as a running partner, feel free. Otherwise you can just say, Hey, let's just move it. Let's go. Stacy is an excellent running partner and I'm so lucky that she runs with me every week and some weeks I think she's not going to invite me back next week because I complain a lot but uh, no it's really great having Stacy as a running partner and uh, I think we're we're ready to go for this run we got 9k oh don't y'all love her she's so sweet I put her on the spot okay we'll talk to you later bye Bye,